What's up, everybody? Welcome. It is Wednesday. Canola here at the Paxa Studios in Honolulu. And because it is Wednesday, you know what's up. It is BTS Wednesday. No, not the K-pop band, but uh, we are trying to use that as a false reel to lure uh, would-be listeners into the show. No, it's BTS Wednesday because it's Billy Talk Sports. That's right, from the Honolulu Star advertiser, Billy Hull, the very experienced radio personality <laughs> who forgot to put his phone on mute when he first got to the studio. So, uh, Billy, what's up, man? What's going on? Good to see you, buddy. Yeah, yeah, great to have you back. Um, how are things? You are on the verge of starting this high school football season. It's like literally a week or so away. It's amazing. We actually have a Thursday night game all of a sudden. Jeez. We're opening a week from tomorrow. So, yeah, we got that. Of course, UH football we'll talk about today. It's like, I thought the summer just began. Like, I felt like, you know, I got out there and was able to golf for like two weeks, and now suddenly here we go. Yeah, Does is the summer getting shorter? Like, like is, is the, the off-season, at least by virtue of our schedules, right, because we don't cover a professional sports team, at least not a mainstream one here in the islands. Uh, and so summertime, you know, in the media circles, always sort of like, all right, catch your breath time. It's where all of the staff members of the media relations department for the University of Hawaii, that's when they go on their family vacations. That's sort of when we try to do some traveling, play a lot of golf, all that kind of stuff. It feels like it's flying by faster. Maybe that's more of an age thing because life just in general <laughs> feels like it's flying by faster. But is this sports off season, at least from your vantage point, does it feel like it's getting shorter? It does feel like that. I mean, I do have to admit, having having the Max Holloway fight right there at the beginning of July, ah. like right in the middle of those kind of things, and then obviously you get COVID and all of a sudden <laughs> that takes you out for a week. And next thing you know, here we are, man. It's it's, it's go time. Yeah, I'm yeah. About as, and it's like every year. I'm about as least prepared as I've ever been. So, yeah. uh yeah, but it's uh, it's exciting, man. Football, you, you can feel it going. It's uh, my favorite time of the year, so I can't complain too yeah. much. Yeah, no, it is pretty cool. I mean, you had a lot of uh, training camp openings in the NFL. You had training camp officially open this week for the University of Hawaii. They reported yesterday, this morning, the first time onto the field for training camp under Timmy Chang as head coach, this new regime with this very unique schedule that yeah. they are unveiling here, at least for the first several weeks of training camp, where they are holding two sessions. They're going to split the units up, basically. The ones and threes going in the early session. They're going to work special teams in between, and then the second session will have the twos and fours. That's how it was played out here this morning. Now, everything's going to be kind of in flux uh, every day, at least according to uh, the University of Hawaii official press release, every day uh, will be uh, a an opportunity to revamp exactly who's in the ones or the twos or the threes or ever going forward. You had Braden Shager, who is more or less the de facto incumbent at quarterback, who was not part of the first session today. They actually brought him out uh, or, or held him out of that first session here uh, on this first day of training camp, even though, by all accounts, he is considered more or less the, the clubhouse leader, if you will, in that competition for the quarterback position. But this splitting of the sessions something that was actually introduced to Timmy Chang when he was at Nevada as an assistant, and it was a byproduct of and a reaction to the pandemic. And so they had basically at Nevada in Reno, they had restrictions on the amount of players that they could have on the field at the same time. And so it was decided, all right, we're just going to split them up. And I think what the coaching staff then found in that experience was that a lot of the younger players, a lot of the players that lacked experience, and you got a whole bunch of them for the University of Hawaii this year. In fact, over 20 players were introduced today officially uh, in practice uniforms. Uh, but what they found was a lot of those inexperienced players picked up a little faster 
on things, on schemes, because they were sort of working uh, alongside more veteran players, but also getting more reps. And so it works two ways, right? More reps means maybe catching on a little quicker. And from the coaching vantage point, it, it gives them a, a greater array of of video and ways in which they can evaluate some of these younger players. So uh, kind of interesting that Timmy Chang is going to be going forward applying that here starting today. Yeah, that's kind of the fun part about this, right? New scheme. We had the big offseason getting everyone excited. And now we're going to kind of see him implement the certain kind of things he wants to do. And then what's interesting about that is like, you know, after going through the pandemic, you know, we remember all these changes happened and, you know, we kind of didn't really know how things were going to go. But it's interesting now that we're kind of getting out of it and seeing, you know, there's a lot of things people have learned in their different ways of life of, of how to do things that are kind of changing now and they're kind of keeping with. And I, I like this idea. And especially if you look at where this program is, what they're trying to achieve, you want to get as much work out of these guys. I mean, it's a big kind of unknown here for the next month is, is seeing all these new guys coming out here who's going to step up. It's uh, kind of one of the things that's going to make these next, you know, four or five weeks or whatever really interesting and really fun to watch is just kind of see who, are there some diamonds in the rough? Are there some different people? So anything you can do to get the most amount of work, to get these guys the most opportunities to go out there and show themselves and to learn about each other. I mean, this is still a big learning both ways. It's, you know, coaches learning a bit how to, you know, put their system into place, Timmy being a head coach and, and them going through the whole thing. And then the, the kids, you know, learning from them and they're kind of coming out here for the first time. So yeah, anything you can do to kind of get as much work in, I'd say is cool. Is yeah. Good. Yeah. And we were able to talk with some of the players after that first session about what they, how they felt about this kind of unique style of approaching training camp with the two different sessions. And one of those newcomers that we were talking about introduced for the first time officially today is the transfer from Pitt competing for that starting quarterback position. That's Joey Yellen. Uh, he is a guy out of Mission Viejo High School in California, actually started his career at Arizona State and then uh, was one of the backups for Kenny Pickett, uh, who would be uh, obviously a first round draft pick in the NFL over at Pittsburgh. And so here he is now. And uh, we talked to him about day one and sort of this this different approach to training camp, at least based on some of his previous experience. You said it's different from past experiences. How? Oh, uh, well, I mean, for starters, the two the two uh, practices thing is a different format than I'm used to, uh, but I thought it was a good thing. Like we got a lot more reps in. It was it was a lot of work in a short time. So that and you know just uh, I think it's kind of comparable to my first day at ASU a little bit. Just being with like a whole new offense and kind of like a whole new system area and stuff like that. So that's kind of what it reminded me of. I, I've been around a lot of different offenses, and I think a lot of them boil down to the same thing. At Pitt, we were we were like a pro spread, but we threw the ball a lot, and we were we were mainly in gun. When I left Pitt recently, we were a lot more under center, but I really haven't done that since high school. So this is actually pretty similar to a lot of the, what I'm used to. All right, so yeah, obviously a, a, a pretty wide breadth of experience for Joey Yellen. And, you know, we talk about his starting his career at Arizona State. He actually started a game against USC, threw for 300 yards and four touchdowns in what was an ASU win over the Trojans. So he has some decent experience, obviously, in a multitude of different offensive schemes. Uh, it's kind of interesting because just watching day one, it's a little bit difficult to pick on exactly what the scheme is going to look like they were working a lot of different things they have some experience on that offensive line and so you figure they're going to try to utilize that uh you would have to suggest that that running back position at this stage of the game might be the most talented in terms of the offensive skill positions uh for hawaii and, and that that's a pretty deep backfield for hawaii Diedrich parson and company and so they were doing a lot of of, of run game elements as well uh, so it's a little bit difficult to 
pick up uh, uh, on exactly how much uh, we're going to be seeing sort of pass to run ratios here going forward. Day one, you can't make a huge <laughs> judgment call on day one, uh, but it was uh, interesting to hear Joey Yellen and some of the other players actually commenting on what they felt was the benefit of this two-session approach to training camp. Yeah, and you know it's going to be kind of interesting what 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 uh, what they're going to do because you'd kind of asked me before the show. It's like, hey, you know, we talked about the quarterbacks yesterday. What maybe is a group you're looking at? And you know, I should go maybe defense, you go offense, defense, right? That, but come on, this is the University of Hawaii. This is the run and shoot. This is the run and fun, run and gun, whatever you want to call it. This is about throwing the ball a little bit. And so, this receiving core for me was kind of when I really broke it down and looked at it because look, they lost a lot from last year. You know, Nick Martiner, obviously, Jared mm -hmm. Smart, Calvin Turner, and this is a really inexperienced group. I think you have you know Zion Bounds coming back. He had I think a touchdown catch, a few grabs last year, but. Yeah, I'd also kind of wonder how these receivers are going to kind of do because there's a lot of guys that don't have a lot of experience they are going to have to play for you. And so maybe do you try to rely on the run a little bit earlier in the season? You know, how does that kind of receiver thing kind of shake out? How much are they going to be able to kind of come in right away and do a lot of good things? So, yeah, I, clearly it's an everything-on-the-table approach, and I think that's kind of the way they got to go look about it right now. But they ultimately know what they're going to end up doing. Yeah, and I, there were a couple of newcomers in the, in the receiving game that I think uh, caught a lot of people's eye, at least some of the media members and the public, which is welcome to go. You just can't video or anything like that. Uh, but there were a few uh, guys who I think would have caught everyone's eye had they been there, uh, and that is uh, one of their wide receivers, a freshman from Houston, Texas, Chucky Hines, uh, who just looks really good. 6'1", 175, a somewhat slight of build, uh, but just seems to be making dynamic catches each and every time uh, we have seen him uh, so far through the spring and even today. And then you also have a tight end that is a transfer from Missouri State. That's Jordan Murray. This dude is large. 6'5", <laughs> 240 pounds. He's wearing number seven. So it's like Calvin Turner Jr. decided to just like HGH <laughs> the heck out of himself in the offseason or something like that. Uh, and this guy was running pretty solid routes and he was making some decent catches. Uh, obviously, they were working a multitude of quarterbacks back there. Uh, but yeah, just a couple of newcomers that at least on day one uh, may have caught a little bit of attention yeah that's always the fun part about going out there is seeing some of those those big guys out there and the tight end man you know getting some production out of that tight end spot so who knows who knows what you're going to see this year that's right well we did uh, get a little bit more uh, feedback from joey yellen because uh, he was also talking about the competition for the starting job and 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 while we i think are all sort of under the impression that Braden shager is the de facto clubhouse leader going in uh, timmy chang has been very upfront saying that this is and just about every position is a wide open competition there are no presumptions being made as far as first stringers at this stage of training camp and so going in joey ellen who we mentioned some of that experience he has under his belt he comes in pretty confident i mean i'm confident uh you know i think if you ask any quarterback here they should say that like if you're not you know what are, what are you doing so I think you got to be confident. You got to feel like you're the right guy for the job. I think everyone should feel that way. Well, how do you feel about what you put on display here? Just day one, obviously. Uh, it's day one. Um, I, I mean, I think you know there's always going to be room for improvement, especially uh, you know on the first day. Um, but I, I thought we had a lot of young guys around. I'm new, so it, it was a lot of just new things for everybody, and I think that kind of showed maybe at, at some parts. But I thought it was a good first day, and I, I think we're gonna. I think we're headed in the right direction. Without sure. getting too granular, there was one throw you sort of dropped the arm angle, a little bit of that sort of side pocket delivery. That's something in, in your bag? Uh, we'll see. I, I like I like doing that for the RPOs a little bit. <laughs> I don't want to – I like to think I can do it. I don't want to make maybe too much of a <laughs> habit of it. But uh, when it's there, you know, to make that play, it, it definitely feels cool. 
Yeah, kind of funny, right? I mean, it's, it's like he doesn't want to say it, it is very sort of Patrick Mahomes like. In fact, uh, when we were standing on the sideline, I was standing next to like Steven Sai, Derek Inucci, sports information director at UH. Uh, Rob DeMello was there, too. And we also were, were talking story, as we tend to do while we're watching practice. And then we all kind of quieted for some reason in that moment. And we kind of all focused on the one play that they were running. And Joey Ellen sort of drops that angle, delivers this Colt Brennan-esque like sidearm strike. Uh, and so, yeah, you know, almost almost Patrick Mahomes like at least as far as the the execution uh, and we all looked at each other like oh wow that was that was actually kind of cool and obviously he was cautious uh, yes. to suggest that that's something that he has total control of and that the coaching staff is really happy <laughs> about uh, but it showed a little bit of arm talent and, and I think some of that experience potentially coming into play it kind of excited us a little bit I'll be honest I can tell I mean we just had a Colt Brennan and a Patrick Mahomes uh, name <laughs> drop here yeah, on day yeah. one of training camp that, for UH, so. you're right that's a little holy lofty. moly no uh, but yeah that's like I said, that's the fun part about it. And look, there's going to be I, this this whole system they're going to do is going to be really interesting because it's going to be interesting to see, like, you know, are these guys going to these quarterbacks going to move in and out between the first session, and the second session, be playing with different guys? How are they going to kind of build a uh, connection with these receivers and stuff? All going to be fun stuff to watch. Uh, how, and the, um, you know, obviously the coaches have their own idea as to how to calibrate the timeline here. But uh, just in, in uh, what you have observed over the course of, of time following college football, uh, how important is it, do you think, for them to make some of these determinations on who the starter is as early as possible in this process? Yeah, you know, in this situation, I don't think it's really that important. I think this is about just getting all these guys as much uh, opportunity as they can to kind of go out there. This is obviously a new system. Everything is new. Um, so I don't think there's, there's, you know, any real desire to get it done right away. I do think, though, that by the time the season starts, I think you want to have your one guy. I've always been kind of a one-quarterback guy. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I know there's been some situations in the past where they've kind of mixed it up a little bit with a couple of two-quarterback things. But, you know, I think it's such an important thing at this point that the quarterback is your leader, no matter, you know, how good or whatever he is. He, ultimately, the quarterback is the leadership spot of the team, and I think the, the team kind of rallies around that one guy out there. So I think it's important to have a guy ready to go as your leader for the, the season opener and stuff. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, if you announce it, one day before, two day before, that doesn't really matter. I think that you lose this entire time you can to get these guys out there to give them all the opportunity they can, and you just let the best man win. Yeah, yeah, and, and that actually, that thinking, per, that continues when the season starts, right? I mean, yeah. it's not as though if you pick a starter, that's that's who's going to be the starter for 13 games. That's not necessarily the case either. Right, and totally, and I said one or two days before, or just wait till the, you don't have to tell <laughs> the other team where you're starting, you know, just keep it a secret till uh, kickoff. Oh, so. man, but, but when you want to see uh, your colleague Steven Sy crawling up a wall, <laughs> because he doesn't know who the starter is come uh, game day warm-ups. Uh, that's, that's the time to do it. That's when you see Steven Sy sweating a little bit is when, he, when they haven't made the official announcement on the starter Oh, yet. man, I remember there was a game last year when uh, when Shevin got hurt and uh, Shager was out there and he came kind of into the press box and was like, hey, did you see he was warming up? He's like, no, what? And then we lost it for like 10 minutes and then he's running back in. All right, you got to post this. I got a story. We got to get this out there. Let's go, let's go. I'm like, all right, let's do it. So, uh Steven Sai, man, he's 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 obviously excited. He's he's a big fan. Yeah, best way to make him sweat, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't all great news, obviously. Day one, uh, hope springs eternal, but uh, there was uh, at least one player that went down. We don't know the the severity of the injury or even the sp uh, specifics of it, uh, but Isaiah Tufanga, one of their most experienced linebackers, <laughs> fairly deep position, I guess you could argue for Hawaii going into the year, but certainly he was one of the key guys there. The St. Louis alum, Oregon State transfer, went down, appeared to be a leg injury, uh, certainly a lower body injury. We 
We don't, again, know any more details on that. Uh, but that'll be a knock on wood, uh, good vibes being sent uh, his way type of situation because uh, that's a body they need for sure and a guy with uh, that kind of experience at that position. All right, well, football's starting up right around the corner. Rainbow Wahine Volleyball is going to get going. Season tickets went on sale this week, and we're going to be talking with one of the stars of Rainbow Wahine Volleyball. Uh, she may end up going down as one of the all-timers. That is middle blocker slash hitter Amber Igidi. She is going to join us on the other side of this timeout. All right, we got Billy Hull, BTS Wednesday in the house. I'm Kanoa Leahy. You're listening to Let's Talk Sports. What's up, everybody? Welcome back. Let's Talk Sports coming to you on this Wednesday. Kanoa Leahy in the PAXA studios in Honolulu being joined up here by my man because it is BTS Wednesday, which means Billy Talk Sports. Billy Hall of the Honolulu Star Advertiser is in the house as well. Well, uh, Rainbow Wahine Volleyball on deck, so to speak. They will be starting practice in uh, a few weeks. In fact, uh, August 9th is when the official start date is for Rainbow Wahine practice for this upcoming 2022 season and of course one of the key members of that squad a two-time AVCA All-America All-Region Honorable Mention two-time All-Big West first teamer and this past summer was selected to the U.S. Women's Indoor Volleyball National Collegiate Team she is a middle blocker Amber Igedi and she joins us via the phone line Amber how are you doing? Oh my gosh, I'm doing so well. I'm doing so well. Uh, what has your summer been like? It, it sounds like it's been pretty exciting here. Yes, my summer was exciting. I went back home to Louisiana for about a month. Then I was training um, for the USA Collegiate team. I go to California for about a week, and it was an amazing, amazing top five experience. And um, yeah, and then I come back to Hawaii. We're doing open gyms, working out. And, yeah, having a fun summer so far. Oh, well, that's great. Well, let, let's just focus on that since, since you mentioned it and, and sort of that experience training uh, with the national team. Uh, what was that like in terms of what you extracted uh, and, and how you think that that has possibly helped contribute to, to just being a better player here as you get ready for your junior season? Well, I would say um, it contributes because I learned a lot of different types of play. Like you have um, probably like one in girls um, – that are all in different colleges all over the country and they all play differently at a high level so to experience that and to learn from that and to play with them was just like a great experience a learning experience and also the coaches who have been in the usa pipeline for a long time have just taught me things that i didn't know before even at like 21 i haven't i haven't known before so that was really humbling learning something even um at a junior age that I'm at, so, yeah. Oh, that sounds cool. Hey, Amber, Billy Hull here. I wanted to ask you, Kanoa and I started the show lamenting about how <laughs> here we go, football's already starting, volleyball, you mentioned you're coming back, open gym, I think practice starts in less than two weeks. Did it feel to you like it did yeah. to us that summer went by really fast? <laughs> yes, it feels like summer went by, went a little too fast, but, I mean, I think I'm just, <laughs> I think I'm honestly just excited season to come but yeah i spent my summer how i really wanted to so uh yeah sad that it go went by too fast but honestly looking forward to the next chapter what we're doing so yeah and you get ready i know like you know mentioned practice getting ready for the season um you guys are starting on the road this year which i think is a little weird for uh we're used to having the big you know home crowd every year uh, going to texas um have you just kind of uh have you looked at the schedule at all this year is there any kind of games or anything that you're really looking forward to 
Yes, I'm really looking forward to preseason, the whole preseason, honestly. But I'm looking forward to Texas because it's close to home. My parents are going to um, come, obviously. And we play, uh, I know, Texas A&M, Pittsburgh, all at Texas A&M. So I'm really excited about uh, those few games because uh, those are big schools and those are big names that play at a high level. And I think that would be really good for us to play, play them this um, early, early season. Yeah, uh, UH opening uh, the season on the road for the first time since 2005, in fact, uh, at the Texas A&M Invitational, wow. Texas A&M, Pitt, and San Diego, the other teams in the mix there. Home opener, by the way, is against Texas State. That's uh, the kickoff to the Outrigger Volleyball Challenge September 1st through 4th, uh, which also includes West Virginia and UCLA, a couple of uh, signature opponents for sure. Uh, we're talking with Amber Igedi, uh, Hawaii's All-American Honorable Mention and All-Conference First Team Middle Blocker. Um, your development has just been really enjoyable to see, right? You've always just been this incredible sort of athletic entity out there on the floor. But the way that you have started to learn the game and the nuance of the game and the way that you've developed some of the non typical middle blocker skills we see you laying out for digs we see you from the service line uh we we joke with robin amo about this uh, from time to time but uh, i don't think it's as much of a joke at this stage of your career the idea of you maybe evolving eventually into being a six rotation player out there on the floor is that something you you think about is that something that you aspire for oh my gosh that's something that'd be so awesome to do like even though like not expecting anything but um i really respect the back row players and it really is a huge job to dig and play defense hit out of the back row so um me trying to work on things like that at practice like it'd be really rewarding to see me do that in a game one day but uh yeah i i i love like going back to serve honestly for my um one rotation because i've been really trying to work on my serve um this past summer so i'm excited even if that's a talk in the mix with coach rob but yeah i'm, I'm ready for anything to be honest <laughs> Well, that's good to hear for sure. I, I think that uh, everything might be within your reach. Uh, we talk about the roster composition of this team. You have 10 returning letter winners, four newcomers uh, coming into the mix as well. Uh, you said you've been running open gym. Uh, what has been your impression of, of, of what you guys sort of have at display here uh, as you get ready to open practice for this upcoming season? Well, I'm really excited and very impressed by um the um, newcomers, we have Chandler Cowell, which is Colton Cowell's sister. She's, um, I think, a junior, and she just brings a life to the team that we didn't even know we had. Like, she's so enthusiastic, such a hard worker, and obviously a good player at that. And then we have Jackie the setter. She's very new, and I know she's going to be even more amazing than she is right now. Like, she's picking up um, the tendencies that we have as a team, and she's picking up the uh, – like the offense we have, which is really important. Um, and then we have Kaylin, who's the outside or um, pin hitter, and she's just like a fireball. She jumps <laughs> super high, very, very powerful, and really excited to see the newcomers. So I'm excited. 
Talking with Amber Igidi, uh, Hawaii's middle blocker, as uh, we anticipate the Rainbow Wahine volleyball season coming up. In fact, season tickets uh, are officially now on sale. Fans can go to etickethawaii.com or the arena box office for more. Um, Robin Amo is such an interesting and unique head coach to play for. Uh, we see very little of what she probably really puts forward in front of you guys when we're there on game day and when we're watching on television and whatnot. Uh, we certainly see the passion. We certainly can see the fire. What has that experience been like playing for Robin Amo as you have not only developed as a player, but she continues to, frankly, and this being her first official collegiate head coaching job, she continues to develop as a coach yeah oh my gosh like since freshman year she's been the same coach robin very passionate like you said very fiery um passion for the game and also passion for us as a team and as people so uh yeah um we love playing for coach rob and one of the reasons i like playing for her is because she definitely sees a different side of the game that a lot of people don't see. She's very smart and intelligent, has a very high volleyball IQ, which um, I'm trying to learn from her as well. So, yeah, she, uh, she, I see we see different sides of her, and we see her during practice that side, which is very hard, pushes you. And then we also see her during the game, which she might scale it a little back and uh, tries to trust what she's coached us during practice. So, yeah. You know, you uh, mentioned going to Texas. You're a little bit close to home, right? But you are from Louisiana, born Baton Rouge. What was your childhood like over there? And what drew you to the game of volleyball specifically? Uh, how did that become a passion of yours? Oh, my gosh. Oh, big question. <laughs> well, um, yeah, I'm from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I um, started playing when I was 10 years old. So my sister hates when I tell this story because she thinks, like, it makes her look bad. But in fifth grade, um, I saw, like, a girl sweating pretty heavily. Like, I, I wasn't playing sports. And I told my sister, I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, what is she doing? Like, what is, what, what is she playing? She's, like, dying on the side. And my sister's like, oh, you don't want to play that. Like, that's really hard. It's, it's volleyball. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was like, I was like, wow, like, okay, like, I want to, like, I wanted to try it. Like, my sister did cheerleading. Like, I wanted to try volleyball. So I tried out, was like, one of, like, obviously the best decision I've ever made. And I started really taking it seriously um, my freshman year of high school. And that's when I actually started club. And yeah, like, ever since then, like, uh, my family has really, it sounds cheesy, but my family has really uh, instilled hard work in me like my parents instilled it in all three of us as siblings and that's probably one of the biggest things I'm grateful for for my family is uh, them instilling hard work not saying that we can't be good at something because um, they've taught us to also like be okay with failing and as long as you try but hard work is what they really instilled so I just really play for them honestly so and for God so yeah. yeah, that's interesting that you mentioned that. Just watching you play, it's such a delight because mm -hmm. you sort of touch on a couple of different things, right? One is that work ethic is certainly evident. The other is that uh, that that expectation to perform seems to always be there. And yet, you combine that with just this like effervescent smile and this enjoyment that seems to uh, just be exuded every single time you take the floor. Uh, it's a it it seems to be a splendid combination of emotions that you take with you when you play the sport of volleyball oh my gosh thank you that means so much you know like i always tell um i don't know even the younger players that i coach um in club or anything just like if you're gonna spend 
let's say, two to three hours every day playing volleyball, you might as well want to do your best at it. You might as well, like, want to have a good spirit about it. Not like every day is going to be perfect, but you need to have some sort of, like, drive to at least try at your sport every day or what you're doing every day. And, yeah, that and a bunch of meditation and prayer just to keep, like, your sanity, you know, everything <laughs> like that. But, yeah, that's, those are big things in my life as well. So that's definitely why. Thank you for that. Well, thank you. <laughs> wow. So you start playing club as a freshman in high school, and it's only a matter of years later where you have the opportunity to go from Louisiana to Hawaii to play volleyball. Mm -hmm. What was, like, when that opportunity came and just, like, your first visit to Hawaii, uh, what just was that whole experience like? Yes, I remember, um, I think my junior year of high school, my first tournament in, um, for my junior year in club, um, we go to Tennessee, and I know Coach Ange comes to watch me, super nervous, and then sooner or later, she offers me, and I'm ecstatic, so uh, so excited. My parents were hesitant at first because it was so far from them, but sooner or later, they were like, okay, this is what you need to do. So, yeah, I'll go there, my first visit was absolutely amazing like the i knew i wanted to play here just because like i said before the work ethic um hawaii volleyball like they just look like they have so much grit and so much passion when they play truly so that's truly one of the reasons i felt like i would be a good, good fit here so yeah um that's really what drew me to hawaii so yeah well, it's been awesome seeing your development. Uh, I know that playing on the beach also uh, helped you develop some of those uh, back row skills. And I think it's just a matter of time before we see Amber IGD out there for all six rotations. That's just me. I'm, I'm, I'm stomping it down. I'm, I'm going to think it into existence. Uh, Amber, you're the best. Really appreciate it. And uh, we look forward to seeing you uh, in action here this upcoming season. Thank you so much. Season tickets are on sale, guys. <laughs> oh, wow. She, she's Perfect. the best. She, I mean, it's just NIL uh, ready just yeah. uh, from, from the get-go. That's right. Season tickets on sale. You can go to etickethawaii.com or the arena box office. Uh, I think she seems pretty enthusiastic about uh, this upcoming season. You're going to have some newcomers, but they seem to have brought in some talent. And if some of those pin hitters that they have brought in in the form of transfer Chandler Cowell, Colton Cowell's sister coming over from St. Mary's, uh, as well as some other additions uh, if they can if they can produce on the pins and you got amber doing her thing in the middle um this might be a team to be reckoned with they they have you know with uh taylor ikanaga and some of and kate lang and some of those younger players sort of locking down the libero and the setter positions uh they might be a team to be reckoned with again in the big west conference that is definitely the hope and, and what a joy it is uh talking with amber ig so enthusiastic for sure all right we are going to take a break we thank her for her time What's up? Welcome back. Let's talk sports. Big mahalo once again to Amber Igidi for joining us in the last segment. It's BTS Wednesday. That means Billy Hull of the Honolulu Star Advertiser is joining me, Kanoa Leahy, here at the PAXA Studios in Honolulu. We have our esteemed board operator, Keegan Ota, rolling his eyes because he hates the way I introduce him like that. But he is on hand here, and we are going to open up his mic because he has the bucket of questions in his room over there, just adjacent to where we are. And I'm going to ask you to reach in and uh, pull out a few questions for us, Keegan. All right, well, let's start off local here. As yesterday, it was revealed that the University of Hawaii 
helmets were getting a redesign and it looked pretty cool actually to me but guys what are your thoughts on the redesign of the uh football helmet hey look we're uh, paying you to ask the questions <laughs> not to opine on oh, no, i'm just joking um you liked it you, you liked the design there keegan oh yes i, I liked the, the traditional aspect of okay it. yeah well let's explain it for those who uh, don't know uh rob Demello posted it i think initially um the other night and and basically the tapa pattern that has been used for the last you know better part of two decades as the center stripe on the helmet has been replaced by feathers. Uh, the Manava pays homage to Hawaii's warriors and chiefs celebration of, you know, the the, the culture here, uh, a, a call back to the time of the Ali'i. And so uh, the helmet will also feature the island chain on the left side. It is a shrunken island chain. It's not the full side island chain decal that was there previously in the more recent seasons. Uh, and it will also be eventually for the players uh, who earn these decals, the hulumoa or chicken feather helmet stickers uh, they'll be earned again throughout the season merit stickers uh, basically that will be handed out and so it's gonna be a bit of a different look the question is do you like it I do like Keegan I do appreciate that that sort of cultural callback there I think the more tradition and culture behind some of these designs the better I think the only thing I, I would I would tend to lament is the shrunken down island chain decal I kind of liked the full-blown thing on the side of the helmet uh, and that's gonna be different i would say that if there was one thing to to question that would be it but other than that uh yeah it's it's hard to argue with the the representation uh culturally that will be there on these uniforms the, the, the same uniforms from neck down by the way they're going to redesign those for 2023 but the helmet getting a revamp look here this year yeah, I've always liked the idea of players being able to kind of earn those stickers and putting on the helmet. I mean, I think it's Ohio State that made that kind of the famous thing back in the day. Uh, no, I think it's really cool. I mean, the embracing, the embracing the culture and doing these kind of things is really neat. I'm with you, though. I, I really like the island chain. I thought that was really, really cool. And then I'm also just kind of a fan of the, the big, big logo on the side of, like, a big, flashy, just kind of, like, regular helmet, like, just shiny black or whatever with the green H. I'm a little bit more of I like to keep it simple, but uh, it's pretty rad. It's going to be, you know, seeing the... Uh, you know, 11 of those out there on the field flying around is going to be pretty neat. Yeah, and I think they got the black ones and they got the white ones, so yeah. I think they have some diversity uh, with regard to the look there. So, all right. So, so we, we both give it the thumbs up yeah. with uh, just the little caveat of, um, you know, we'll see how much we maybe miss that, that larger island chain decal. What's next, Keegan? All right, so earlier today, Secretary of State Anthony Blinken saying the Biden administration offering a deal to Russia aimed at bringing home WNBA star Brittany Griner and another jailed American, Paul Whelan. But main thing here is that there is an offer to Russia for Brittany Griner's return home. So, guys, what was your reaction to this? Yeah, this is kind of unprecedented, right? And this was sort of against the promoted policy that there would be any communication with the Kremlin. Uh, it is un. un Fortunately, it is something that is necessary, right? I mean, we need to bring these people home. And, and Brittany Griner, I think, has served sort of long enough as this kind of symbol of this dispute. And, and certainly you could suggest that she, by uh, circumstance, is in essence a prisoner of war because of the Russian invasion of Ukraine. And, and obviously the leverage that just having someone of her status, uh, what that provides for the Russian government. And so, yeah, we, we have to bring her home. Uh, 
you know, people, there are some people who suggest, hey, look, you do the crime, you do the time, and that's a very harsh thing to say. Uh, if this were Rob Gronkowski, who may not always make the smartest decisions wherever he travels around the globe either, uh, Brother would probably be home by now. That would be the larger point that I would make. Uh, they got to make this happen. Uh, it is a bit unprecedented, but you got to do what you got to do. Exactly. I agree with you 100%. agree with you about the thing. If this was a big-time NBA star, they'd be back home from now. I do one Brittany Griner story, though, is she is one of the people where they came to play UH. That's right. And that, for me, was I must go and see Brittany Griner play. And that just kind of speaks to how what a star she was in college. I mean, I remember her coming over here. I believe we ran a picture in the newspaper of she extended out her um, hands at the airport, and it was like she was like the entire width of the, the, uh, thing, the thing that opens when you walk out of baggage claim or whatever. I mean, it was like, oh, my goodness. And then seeing her out there playing i mean she was one of those people that you know coming over here it was like i gotta go watch her play basketball she was that big of a star then so uh yeah totally with you gotta get her home yeah um, do what you gotta do you're gonna mention though uh within the context of this story a um britney griner at the airport story <laughs> i mean too soon Billy. i mean come on she's not even she's not even home yet come on we gotta keep our fingers crossed and keep praying <laughs> that she makes it back but you're right uh, when she was at baylor they came down played the rainbow wahine in a game that was not televised if you would believe it i wasn't even gonna say that yeah all right, well, hey. But, hey, it got me to the arena. I probably just would have watched it on TV. <laughs> yeah, I was there, too. She, she is something else, that's for sure. What's next, Keegan? All right, well, this one goes into a little bit of imagination, if you will. If you could trade places with any athlete in the world, uh, who would it be and why? Oh, this is a tough one. You know, like, I'm a big, like, LeBron fan, but it's like I kind of see, like, LeBron and all the mileage on his body. He plays so much basketball. This seems hard. Um, you know, and then, there, you know, he's, he's got buku dollars. That, that's always uh, kind of a cool aspect when you kind of think and fantasize about who you trade places with. Uh, I've also always thought that the coolest sport, and it is beyond my abilities as a human being and certainly beyond my level of courage but surfing to me is the coolest thing and no, so no oh what are you I, gonna say oh my gosh i'm i was gonna say kelly slater oh that i was thinking john john florence you know i i looked at this, you were I, gonna go surfing too i, I was dude because how cool of a life is that i was thinking well okay i had a hard time with this question because there are a lot of things that came into play the amount of money they make right? sure but Age was a thing to me. Like, I was trying to, like, I'd like to get as young as possible again so I can just live as long <laughs> as I can. So there's that, too. And then it was like, what sport are you going to do? Golf? Look, I love to play golf, but, man, those guys practice, and they play four, you know, every tournament's four rounds, and that's that's kind of a taxing gig. And then I came upon surfing. And I just, to be a surfer and to be awesome at it, to be out there and every travel day, the world, travel the world. And you're, and like, just, the coolest. Yeah. You're the coolest thing around. Everyone loved the surfer dude growing up, right? That's just, right. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I was going to go. I thought... <laughs> No offense, Kelly Slater. He was just a little too old for what I was yeah, like. I need a little younger, so I was going to go with John John Florence. I, I like how you're trading places with, like, these Grom surfers <laughs> in these junior contests just because you're trying to get back to, like, your teenage years. <laughs> yeah. No, but John John is legit. I mean, he's 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 the guy now, right? I mean, she's, um, you know, th that, that's that's so funny. That's yeah. so funny. You're not supposed to have the same pick in these kinds of questions. We did not confer before. This proves to the listening <laughs> audience that we don't do the level of preparation that's probably <laughs> necessary because we do want to kind of have this kind of wing it and spontaneous uh, spontaneous kind of element to the show uh, but then we pick the same thing which just ruins the I whole know, thing i know and, and i didn't want to get i was gonna call it homer because i also thought julio rodriguez 21 years old <laughs> and he's gonna be making about 500 million dollars in a couple of years so there was that too but, yeah uh, yeah i did want to go a little young on this i getting as young as possible i think uh 
was was one of my biggest things. Yeah, I was going to pick a, a professional golfer because, you know, it's golf and we both love golf, but um, they don't even like drink when they play golf. So, like, why would I want to <laughs> yeah, do that? Exactly. All right, we're going to go ahead and take a break. Thanks for reaching into the bucket there, Keegan. Uh, when we come back, it's going to be our crunch time, which means our best and worst, and hopefully we have different ones. Yeah. See, the thing is, Kelly Slater also has those wave ranches and, and you know, he's opening, like, more around the world. Like, he's kind of got it locked down. He's still surfing, right? Like, so, uh, but you're right. He's a little older, but, I mean, he's Kelly Leapin Slater. You that's know true. what I mean? Yeah. That's true. How much older is he than you? <laughs> I'm not I'm not looking to go fast-forwarding my life. I'm trying to slow it down. As clearly as this is our theme of the show is I'm trying to slow everything down as much as I can. The best is that also shows sort of our level of athleticism where, like, the thing we felt like, okay, this is, like, the opposite of what I'm able to do as as a human and 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 just physically capable of uh we both went to surfing like we have no chance <laughs> yeah exactly. we have no chance to do what those guys do uh all right uh, i have billy hall it's bts wednesday billy hall the honolulu star advertiser in the house uh with me coming to you from the paxa studios here we uh, head into crunch time here our fourth quarter if you will uh down the home stretch which means we like to end the show with our best and worse. So let's start uh, with our best. Uh, what you got here, Billy? What are you coming with today? Yeah, I'm kind of going with someone that you're familiar with, Mets closer Edwin Diaz. Now, I should have known about this because he actually, I guess, had used this song when he was a Mariner. Uh, they obviously traded him as part of the Robinson Cano trade, I believe, 2018, I believe. Um, but if you haven't get a chance, you've got to YouTube his uh, the music he walks out to. It's just like solo trumpet kind of thing it's almost like the conquering conquistador coming mm -hmm. out to uh, uh do his thing but it is awesome they have mr and mrs met they <laughs> yeah. bust out the trumpets and they play like they pretend like they're playing the trumpets all the fans are doing the trumpet thing it is it is cool man I, I can't believe he's been doing this now i guess he stopped it for a while he struggled a little with the mets and then he picked it back up and he's been dominant this year but uh if you get a chance to check it out his walkout music at a met stadium is, is is awesome yeah he just walks into that it gets the crowd all riled up and then this guy's just blowing smoke above 100 miles an hour uh he is something else that's a really really good one uh my best uh, going back to a golf tournament that took place this past weekend on the island of maui it was the second annual halimakua benefit golf tournament uh it was held at wailea blue golf course uh, and they had a mercedes-benz sponsored hole-in-one par three and a maui golfer by the name of peter escobar sank a hole-in-one on the Mercedes-sponsored par 3 13th, he used a 7-iron. The pin, I played in this tournament, by the way. The pin was, like, tucked in the deep right corner behind a sand trap. It was very difficult to access. Uh, I didn't come close. Peter Escobar, meanwhile, just uh, landed it on the left side of the pin, hit the green, rolled in. So he won officially $45,000 to be used towards any Mercedes-Benz of his choice. He plans to go to Mercedes-Benz of Maui dealership uh, this week sometime uh, to pick out his new ride. They did have a couple of cars on display there. The one that was actually parked at the hole was part of their electric series, and uh, they said the price tag on that one was $130,000, so I'm not sure if Peter's going to go there, but 45 Gs for a Mercedes, and you hit a hole-in-one, and uh, you get all over uh, Maui Now and, and Maui News. Uh, it's pretty cool. Okay, wait, 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 wait. Let me hold on one sec. So this guy made a hole in one to win a Mercedes, but really it wins one third of the car that was <laughs> well, sitting there yeah, that he yeah. could potentially win. He's like, yeah, hey, congratulations. Well. Here's the hood of it. Now go pay for the rest of it. What is that? Details. Come on, yeah. Billy. Details. I really thought when you started the story, we're gonna have to hear about some great drive canoe hit on like the 13th hole. I thought, <laughs> I thought, that, I thought that's where we were at. This amazing birdie. Nope, you had. nope. I begrudgingly had to talk about some other guy that oh. did an awesome thing at oh, that, man. At that time. 
tournament. That's yeah. cool. Have you come close to a hole in one? Do you have one? Uh, I got I got a closest to the pin at a tournament on Maui. This was at uh, the Kanapali, uh, Royal Kanapali course, and uh, I got like nine inches away from a hole in one. So it was closest to the pin. That was as close as uh, I've ever gotten. What about you? Oh, I, I I've been maybe within about two feet. There was a the, there was one at a Kapolei I came really close, but I just. If it ever happens, man, I, I'm, uh, yeah. oh, if, nobody's going to celebrate the way I would celebrate. If there's, like, man. a nearby, like, water hazard, I'm like, I'm jumping in. Like, <laughs> it's just going to be the ultimate celebration. Meanwhile, this guy, Peter Escobar, I talked to him afterwards, uh, and uh, he told me that this was his fourth hole-in-one of his life. Fourth. I don't understand. That. Doesn't Jordan L.A., who's on the show? He has two. He's got two? Yeah. I mean, it's just it's unbelievable yeah. to me. I know some guys that have, like, five or six that don't even play a lot. It's like... If I'm, I'm never gonna. I've already. Res, I'm already resigned to the fact that I'm never gonna get a hole in one. Yeah, but if here. I do, oh man. Same here. Like oh. I haven't even gotten a hole in one in like putt putt golf, so <laughs> yeah. it, I have no chance. All right, what's your best, man? Oh, uh, my worst. I'm, I'm we sorry. Were, your yeah, worst. Yeah, my worst. I was like, sorry. we could do double best. You know, I was gonna. I was gonna go one way, but I was driving in, and they were talking on the radio uh, before this, and. All right, I am sick and tired of this anonymous GM coming out and anonymously ripping on a quarterback. I mean, the latest, it's like everyone's got an opinion on Lamar Jackson, right? And then so it's like, oh, I've, here's a whole story we're all going to click on and get upset about because some anonymous GM said that this guy can't throw the ball. And it's like, <laughs> okay, I'm in the journalism business a little bit. Anonymous sources are important. But it's for stuff like breaking stories yeah. that they wouldn't otherwise talk about. It's not to just randomly bash on a guy. I hate the whole thing. There's so much I would change about, you know, the, the, the way sports is talked about and everything. But this whole let's just drag up an anonymous quote from an anonymous person and then just talk about how bad or good Lamar Jackson is or how unfair it is. You know what? Put your name to it or shut up. That's what I say. Yeah, Billy, coming strong. BTS I love that. Wednesday, baby. Yeah, but come, that's I, right. That really, that really bothers me. No, I'm, I'm with you there. Like some of that just sports talk mumbo jumbo, like that's one of the things that gets reported and then it gets discussed and it gets aggregated. And it's just, you know, that's part of the cycle. The other thing that I can't stand as a topic is who's under more pressure in this upcoming game? Is it such and such or is it such and such? Like, I, that makes no sense to me. Right. And then, well, then on top of it, then they had to ask John Harbaugh about it at practice today. Then they have to ask Lamar. And it's like, hey, no wonder these guys hate the media. You know, some of us are out there just trying to do a yeah. good job instead of doing all this stuff. So stuff like that really. Yeah. Uh, by the way, look at uh, Lamar Jackson's passer ratings and efficiency numbers, and uh, he's up there in the upper echelon of throwers in the league. So, I mean, if you just want to look at statistics. All right, my worst is very quick. Uh, we go over to uh, this Boston Red Sox fan who proposed to his girlfriend <laughs> at a Red Sox game when they played the Blue Jays. Hey, that's a beautiful thing, right? The only thing was the Blue Jays were leading. This was in the fifth inning of the game. The Blue Jays were up 25-3. to <laughs> The girl did accept the proposal, but that does not bode well for the marriage. No, I saw that. I, I actually thought about it when I saw the time. Like, I got to remember that for the show. But, uh, man, at what point do you <laughs> oh, say, did I you know what? that from you, no, too? No, at what point do you say, you know, I'm just going to hit pause on this whole uh, proposal thing. I mean, come on. I mean, he must have done something, right? He must have, like, paid some money, like, you know, getting some, like, Jumbotron uh, attention. So he, he must have just felt like, I, I'm just locked in here. So 25 to 3. Thanks a lot, Red Sox. Yeah. Really, uh, really making this uh, a little bit of a sour note. Have a wonderful Wonderful rest of the rest of the life, you two. Her, her exact answer? Yes? <laughs> Question mark? Yeah. All right, that's it for us. Billy Hall, always a pleasure. BTS Wednesdays. We'll see you next time again. Uh, Keegan Ota, appreciate it. Also, Amber IG, thanks for jumping on. I'm Kanoa Lehi. See you tomorrow, everybody. Let's talk sports. See ya.